Well, hey, uh, they did it to me again. I, you know, I showed up for church yesterday, and everything was different around here. And they tell me that one of our values is change for growth. So uh, would you all agree that this is different today? And should we just decide to agree that it should be for growth too then? There we go. All right. Well, hey, Father's Day. And, uh, you know, we did some outrageously wonderful stuff for moms on Mother's Day, didn't we? Women always go first at Evergreen, but men do catch up. So, guys, it's, it's your day here. And we wanted to make sure that, uh, that some of you got some fun stuff as well. So let me ask a couple of questions. First of all, hands need to go up real quick. We're going to vote on this. We're going to find out the dad that's here that has the most kids currently living at home. 40 and over don't count. Okay, so most kids under 40 at home. So here we go. Hands up right now. Let's start with four. Four kids or more. Four or more. I see a hand. Mm -hmm. I see a hand. There we go. There we go. Okay, let's go with five. Dropped a hand. Dropped a hand. Here we go. Do I see back here? Right here. And here. I got Joe. And I got, I got two. Six. Six. Are we done? Do I hear it for Joe? With six. Yes. Wow. All right, Joe. Joe is getting what every dad of six at home needs, a Home Depot card. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. We want to know uh, which dad, which dad has a baby that's going to be born at the next earliest due date. So she's pregnant and you're responsible and, and the, next, the next due date is coming. So I see a hand right back here. How far are we away? Six weeks, okay. Next week? Whoa, this could be your lucky day. Are there any, are there any that, that are further out than one week? And how many? October, any, any between now and October? Well, you two gentlemen are lucky because we think that this could be the last toy you ever buy for yourself. You're going to both get a Best Buy gift card. Yeah. <laughs> now, I'm well on my way toward winning this one, but I don't think I will today. We want to know which dad has been the dad the longest. The longest. So any dads here today with a kid over 40? Okay, over 40. Yeah, proud, proud. Okay, over 50. Over 50. A kid over 50. Here, here. Do I have? Right here. Oh, there we go. And th- I have three. Over 60. Child over 60. Okay, we're going back to the 50s. 55? Do I hear 55? <laughs> Do I hear 51, 52, 53, 51, and how many? Whoa, all right. Okay. We think, we think you should have your own outside lounge chair. This is your chair right here. Uh Uh-huh. And a magazine and a Gatorade. But I'm going to keep the chair up here for now in case I need to take a nap during the message in just a moment. I'm, hey, we have one more to give. Would that be okay? How about the dad who has traveled the farthest distance to see one of your kids play a sport? Travel the farthest distance. 
Think about it. She'll keep you honest if she's here today. Traveled the farthest distance. So let's start with 500 miles. Dads that have traveled at some point in your life, 500 miles to see a kid play a sport. Do I have any 500s? Do I have anybody that's gone to Beaverton from Hillsborough? To <laughs> Beaverton. To... <clears throat> Who thinks you might be in the range? 250 miles. Yeah. Okay, Ron, how far have you gone? Yeah, you. Ken. 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 To Orland, California. Okay. And how far? 250. Okay, so you'd be a little further and right up here? I don't know where I'm looking, but I'm looking over here. 150? Okay, so are, are we... Ken. It's Ken. Okay. And... Can you get the sports authority card because you're the most sporting dad here in the, in the whole group. So, Oh, hey, I hope that all of you have one of the handouts today. You found them there on your tables, and uh, you might want to take a look at those as we look at one of my most favorite passages of Scripture. And we sang it in the last song that we sang this morning together. Wonderful passage in Romans chapter 8. I wonder, first of all, though, before we read, uh, if there's any basketball fans here in the group. Any, anybody care about basketball? Yeah. Any, any uh, Miami Heat fans? A couple? All right, yeah. I heard some yays and I heard some nays. Any Dallas Maverick fans? <laughs> any Blazer fans like me that couldn't find much love for... Yeah. Couldn't find much love for either one, but I found the one that I liked the least and I cheered for the other one. So that's, that's where I was, yeah. Well, there's a, a pregnant woman. Uh, she's a talk show host in uh, Cleveland, Ohio. And she is so bent out of shape still about LeBron James' decision last July to leave his hometown in Cleveland and go play for the Miami Heat that when she was in the middle of the playoffs, she went on air and she tweeted that... If Dallas, the Dallas Mavericks won the NBA championship last week, that she would name her unborn child after the MVP. That's what she vowed to do. And guess who the MVP was? Dirk Nowitzki, right? (laughs) So I think she hedged just a little bit. I don't think she promised that she would name her child the whole name but there's going to be at least a Dirk born in a couple of months uh, in Cleveland. I want you to know. Well, Dirk was the MVP. He's the superhero of the NBA for this year. And we all have people that we admire because they've excelled in their particular area of life. How about a super dad? Some of us think back about our dads. And regardless of who they were in our life, they at least in some way contributed positively. This is kind of a tender Father's Day for me. It's the first year that I've had in my life without my dad. He passed away last August, and and now I'm the old guy in the family. I'm still trying to figure that out, missing my dad. Life has changed also in our family. Our son Jordan and Lauren are pregnant with their first child, and my boy is celebrating, in essence, his first Father's Day this year. For all of us, this year has been a year of a lot of change. That's just true about life. But what is also true is that our perfect father, the father that every kid deserves to have, 
and every person on planet earth can have is a perfect heavenly father who never changes in what he thinks, feels, and does about us. Let's take a look today at the perfect father. In this passage where the apostle Paul is writing to a church in Rome, he's not met these people yet. He hopes to and does later in life. He's writing to them and it's like he just gets so Holy Spirit inspired and thrilled as he's writing that he just bursts out with this grand crescendo of praise in this verbal picture of who God is and what he looks like and what he's done to us. Notice these three great attributes of God and his relationship towards you today as we read, first of all, about his fierce love in Romans 8, chapters 28 through 30. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. Wow, this is so packed. Notice, first of all, the tense that's used. It's past tense. God's actually, 2,000 years ago, talking about your life today in 2011, and he is describing you in past tense. Is that amazing or what? This is what he says. For those he foresaw, looking forward to you. He predestined. He made you on purpose for purpose. And he tells us precisely what that purpose is, that you would end up looking like Jesus Christ, his firstborn son. You have been destined to looking, sounding like, and being substantially like Jesus Christ. And those that he predestined, past tense, he called. Some of you will hear his call today in your heart. There's going to be a tug and you'll know that today is your day to get right with God through Jesus Christ's gift of forgiveness and salvation. Those who he foreknew, he predestined and he called and he justified. That means he absolutely pardoned, absolutely resolved the sin distance between us and Father God, absolutely removed the distance and brought you inseparably close to God, just as if you had never sinned. And those he justified, he glorified. Past tense, he's certain about it. What does it mean to be glorified? God is glory us. He is and lives in glory. His son Jesus is the perfect representation of Father God. And now the Holy Spirit, Paul tells us elsewhere in 2 Corinthians, is every day working in your life to change you from glory to glory into the likeness and image of God's dear son. And God's so certain about the good job that he's doing in you that he's able to talk about you in the past tense as though it were already done. That's fierce love for you. Amazing. 
going to ask you to think with me about the second part of this great passage. Let's take a look at Romans chapter 8, starting with verse 31. As we read about his 24-7 acceptance. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, then who could be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Now, imagine a court scene with me. That's what's going on here. The Apostle Paul is setting up this... this uh, speech that he's given, of Holy Spirit inspiration of God's truth, as though there were a judge and a prosecuting attorney and a defense attorney, and you were the defendant. And what he's saying is that God has demonstrated how absolutely he has pardoned you and has accepted you. And he's done that with a fact. The fact being that he took his best and highest and most valuable, which was his son, Jesus Christ, and in advance offered his son on your behalf. The son who came and lived and died and rose again, Jesus Christ. Therefore, this is the defense attorney's claim. If God already sent his best for you, Why would he now give you anything less than his ongoing best for you? He's demonstrated how much he loves and accepts you. Jesus made this very real in a story that he told. Probably almost all of us here are familiar with it. It's one of the greatest stories in the Gospels. You remember there were two kids and a dad. It was a rather wealthy family and The younger son, probably now a late teen, decided that he wanted his portion of the family fortune. Didn't want to wait for the old man to die off. He wanted it early. And his dad gave it to him, and he went out. You know the story. He just blew it all. Ended up living with pigs, stank bad, decided to come home. And so he thought to himself, my dad's, you know, a fairly reasonable guy. Let's contemporize it. Maybe he'll let me live in the garage. Maybe he'll give me a minimum wage job in the family business. At least I'll be able to survive. That would be good enough. But Jesus tells in the story what the father's response was. Notice these five verbs. His father saw him from a great distance, felt compassion for him, ran to him, hugged him, pig poo and all, and kissed him. That's what the father did. In the story that Jesus was telling about Father God, and you. He lavishes his acceptance and affection on you. I grew up in a wonderful home, a a loving home, and a German Mennonite farmer home. So it was loving, but we didn't go out of our way to express affection with each other. Some of you have a similar kind of background. And Ann and I, as we were a young married couple and planning to have kids, we, we thought, it's time to put Jared into the affection demonstration learning mode. And so we practiced on this. And, and back in the Jesus people movement, some of, some of you are around there. I know for some of you that was ancient ago. The earth's crust was still cooling back there. I, I understand. But 
Back there, we used to have these goofy little songs. They were easy to remember. They were like jingles. And we had this one little song, and as our kids were small, Ann and I, sometimes we'd get together at some place in the house, and we'd, we'd hug together, and then we'd start singing the song. And Jordan and Hillary would come running. And then one of us would each scoop, each of us would scoop one of the kids up so that we were all four at eye level, and we would all sing this song together. We're a family that loves, 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 loves one another. We're a family that cares, cares, cares. We're sisters and brothers in sunshine and rain. We're an Oregon family. (laughs) We will love just the same. We're a family that loves, 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 loves one another. Oh. You are so indiscriminate with your affirmation. You should not encourage behavior like that. You, you may get more of that. By the way, James, that was my audition for worship team. We'll talk later. <laughs> Learning how to express God's lovish affection for others. A part of being healthy emotionally is the ability to receive and express affection for others. And why is that healthy? Because your Father God accepts you and He loves you. Another expression of that acceptance is that he demonstrates and affirms the worth that he has for you. He sent Jesus, Jesus, to say how valuable you were. Of course, he wouldn't withhold anything good from you. Ann and I, before most of you met us, used to travel a lot. For 17 years, traveled regionally, nationally, and internationally. And much of that time was when our kids were growing up. So just like you, who currently are parents raising kids, we were thoughtful about how it was, would be that we could express uh, affection and worth for our kids, especially with our schedule. And, and so we tried to get home for special events, among other things. I, I was in Chicago, finished up the thing, the commitment that I had about noon, and I had a ticket to fly back to Oregon. And then I had a date with Hillary. I had, I had center court courtside seats for her eighth grade girls basketball game, which I just simply would not miss. Date with my daughter. And however, I was tested because just before going to the airport to fly home, my buddy that I was with got two great tickets for the Chicago Bulls. This was the height of Michael Jordan's career. They were great, nearly courtside, center court seats to watch Michael Jordan play in Chicago on his home court, I was sorely tested. But I said, I said, I already have seats, courtside seats, with my daughter, eighth grade. I flew home and watched the game. I didn't know. Thank you. This is a great day for me. I like this group. We knew her love language was uh, quality time, so we assumed that it would be nice for her, but we had no idea how important that was until we overheard Hillary telling her friends one day, my dad would rather watch me play basketball than Michael Jordan. (laughs) That's what she said. That wasn't entirely true, you understand. (laughs) She's more valuable to me than Michael Jordan. Watching the basketball thing, uh, well, I do. But we didn't let her in on that secret. God lets you in on what is not a secret, but it's the mystery of the universe that he loves you so much, that he accepts you so much, 
that he sent his best and his greatest, his own son, so that you could be invited into his family. God loves and accepts you. Which brings us to the other side of your handout today, to his extreme forgiveness. And as we conclude this chapter 8, just, just, just savor these words. Listen to the music grow into a grand crescendo here. This is the kind of thing that Paul sometimes, when he writes, slips out and just shouts a big amen at the end or a hallelujah or that's so awesome because it's this picture of God that's beyond our imagination. It is tremendous forgiveness for us. Notice it with me. Who will bring any charge against those that God has chosen? It's God who justifies. Then who is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, and more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. So who shall separate us from the love of God, Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, or anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Wow. Amazing. Wow. Oh, he loves you. So, Holy Spirit and Paul kind of ganged up on you. Because sometimes you find yourself being the prosecuted one. In fact, sometimes you find yourself being the prosecuting attorney. And you point a long bony finger of judgment at yourself. And you say, are you here from others or from out of your own soul or from the evil one himself? You're not worthy to be God's child. If you were God's child, then you would not think those thoughts, say those words, act this way, be caught in that addictive lifestyle. You would not. If you were, you would not. Doesn't that sound like the opening chapters of the Bible? Where the first man and the woman in God's perfect creation heard the slithering serpent come and say, if. The same one who challenges your standing in God. And Paul goes on to say, past, present, future, person, spirit, angel, whatever. No one can stand with a valid argument against the God of the universe that has made three decisions about you. He loves you fiercely. He accepts you entirely. He forgives you extremely. And all you have to do is to accept his gift. Isn't that amazing? At the end of your handout, there's five questions. I'm going to invite you just quickly, personally, as I read through those, to ask and answer them in your own mind. Then we're going to pray together. Which of these 
love, acceptance, forgiveness, did you get most of as a kid? What did you wish for more of and from whom? What are you receiving from God today? And who are you loving, accepting, and forgiving today? And how are you going to express love, acceptance, and forgiveness this week to others?